Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Good Thursday afternoon. Thanks for hanging out with us this afternoon. I am looking forward to this conversation because whenever we talk about what's happening between Alberta and BC, and yes, we talk about it a lot, lots of things happening today. What BC filed its reference case. We heard Ms. Notley say that that's not good. That's going against the Constitution. We've got Bill 12. There's so many things going on when we talk about the Trans Mountain Expansion Project Invariably, one of you will text me and say, I can't believe BC is all concerned about its coastline, and yet Victoria dumps raw sewage into the ocean. And I know I'm probably going to get another text like that today. However, my guest has gotten to the bottom of this. Tristan Hopper, National Post reporter, joining us today. Hello, Tristan. Thank you. I wanted to talk to you, your your column in the nationalpost.com, people can read it, but you've really delved into a lot of the different studies that have gone on when it comes to this big question, because we have heard it so much over the last few months about why are they worried about what's happening with the uh, coastline and the concern about an oil spill when they put raw sewage into the ocean. First of all, Tristan, they do in fact put raw sewage into the ocean, don't they? That's right. Well, I wouldn't call it raw sewage. So I think uh, what a lot of people picture is just this big clay pipe at a beach just filled with a bunch of, you know, turds. Uh, Well, first of all, you have to remember that sewage, uh, when you flush, just think of all the times you flush the toilet, how often that's pee and how often. So uh, when you hear 130 million uh, liters of sewage, and that's approximately what Victoria dumps in. So that's not 130 million liters of just pure diarrhea. Uh, uh, so that's going to be a lot of mostly flush water. So it's sort of a gray water. Uh, so it doesn't look as terrifying uh, as you may think. Uh, but And there's also screening, so you're not uh, all the used condoms and tampons are sort of uh, taken care of. So uh, if you account for that, it's called primary screening if you want to get technical. But, uh, yeah, that's the only screening before it gets into the ocean. Well, yeah, so let's let's take the, the path from when we flush the toilet in Victoria to where it ends up in the ocean. So you're saying it goes down into the sewer system. Tell me a little bit more about this screening process. Sure. So uh, BC Premier John Horgan flushes his toilet uh, somewhere in Victoria. So uh, his his wastes go down uh, and they go through a mesh screen, uh, which which catches any sort of particulates and also breaks things up so you don't have uh, <clears throat> floaties uh, coming out of the other end. So that's uh, so that's all screened out, and then you the resulting liquid is then put into an outfall pipe, and the outfall pipe goes uh, up to a kilometer offshore. And then it's uh, up to 50 meters below the surface. So it's sort of uh, it, it's a system that's actually quite common in parts of Europe, uh, and it was approved actually by a British engineer. Where you'll actually see it in a lot of English towns, uh, where it's outfall. So it's different than just sort of dumping it on the beach like a third world country. Uh, so it, it is very deliberately put far offshore so that it hits passing tidal currents and then it's sort of washed away. So, And then the whole process works because of dilution. Now, a lot of people in your listening audience are going to say, well, they did that in Halifax and then Halifax Harbor was just a massive E. coli. And that's true. Uh, Victoria is just in a very specific place in which you can do this for the size of the community, about 300,000 people. You can take their sewage. And just because the water is so deep, it's so fast moving, it's so oxygenated, Every study they look at says it actually gets diluted relatively well. 
And, and delve into that, because as I said, your article goes into some of the different studies that have been done. This has been done to death almost, it sounds like. Yeah, and that's, I mean, the reason I wrote this is because it's strange. Um, I mean, I get these emails every day, Albertans saying, well, they dump raw sewage in the ocean, when I think a lot of Albertans, particularly pro-pipeline Albertans, should feel a kinship uh, with uh, Victoria dumping sewage in the ocean for the reason that this is an issue that study after study shows that it's safe. But the only reason it continues to persist as an issue is because um, politics, uh, emotional appeals from environmental activists. So, you know, sort of the same things that Albertans feel we're fighting uh, against when it comes to the, the pipeline debate. So Victoria's sewage, you'd think after the seventh study showing that it was safe, uh, this would have disappeared as an issue. But it continues because uh, there's a bunch of people with an agenda that just don't like the idea of any crap in the ocean anywhere. Uh, so that's why, I mean, they have addressed it. There is currently construction underway on a $1 billion sewage plant with total costs expected to go to $2 billion. And every scientist you ask, even oceanographers, are saying this is completely pointless and the previous system worked just as well. And yeah, I want to get back to the, the $1 billion sure. on on that. But I want to talk more about when they looked at the different studies and, and they looked at the outfall pipes and the the levels of pollutants were so minimal that there was no concern is this is this simply because the depth of the ocean how far that pipe goes out and uh, as it's diluted it is no longer a pollutant uh that's right so i mean everything's down to dilution so it's the difference between if you smoke a cigar on the deck of a clipper ship it's not going to bother too many people if you smoke a cigar in a station wagon with your family it's the same cigar, but obviously inside the station wagon, it's going to be a lot more disruptive. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the key here, and they've been testing this ever since uh, the 1980s. You go out and you sample the water, and what they found every time they do it, they sample the sediment, or sediment around it. They sample the, the waters directly around the outfall pipes, and they find, well, there's some pollutants around, directly around the pipes, but since they're so deep in the water, you can actually swim on the area of ocean directly above the outfall pipes. It's not a good idea but it's not going to kill you. Your skin isn't going to melt off you. And then when they check one, 200 meters away from the outfall pipes, there's no, uh, they can't detect any pollution whatsoever. So, I mean, this has been done many, many times. And on different tests, you test for heavy metals, you test for E. coli, you test for bacteria, you test for pharmaceuticals. Every single time, some pollution directly around the outfall pipes. And there's stuff growing there. Um, I mean, it's not like it's completely dead on the ocean floor. Maybe growth is a bit uh, slowed down. But then as soon as you move slightly away from it, uh, there's no evidence of pollution whatsoever. So all this stuff that BC has been getting from Washington State for years, for decades, they've been saying, you're poisoning the ocean. You know, there's sewage washing it up on our beaches because of you. That's simply not true because there isn't even evidence on nearby islands within sight of the altile pipes. So it gets uh, churned up by the ocean very quickly. I know you focused on Victoria, but are there other communities then on Vancouver Island or even on the the west coast of BC that would be treating their sewage the same way? Yeah, so that is uh, that is the point. So my my story only focused on Victoria. So there could be concerns from other communities. Uh, I know there have been uh, isolated cases of. Uh, there's, you know, a, a particular patch of oysters can't be harvested because it was believed to be contaminated by by outfall pipes from a smaller community. And then mm. Vancouver, 
um, if there's too much range, that, uh, too, too much rain that'll overwhelm the sewer system, and they'll have to start piping sort of untreated sewage into the Fraser River. Um, that's actually pretty common for most sewage systems. That's sort of their failsafe. Paris will still do that. You can't. If there's too much rain in Paris, they'll actually overwhelm the sewage system, and you'll get raw sewage flowing into the Seine River. So I didn't look into that. So potentially there's concerns there. But the one that always gets the most press is Victoria, and it's been most studied. And every scientist who looks at it, even, I mean, these are University of Victoria oceanographers. These would be the first people uh, to call for sewage treatment if it actually was causing a problem. And these are the ones who have been leading the charge ever since the 1990s, saying uh, this is an absolute waste of time to set up uh, secondary treatment in Victoria. I want you to clarify on the fact that this is just Victoria you're talking about, because I'm already getting texts from people saying, yeah, but what about other parts of B.C.? So you are just focusing on, on Victoria. But, Tristan, so after all of these studies... Ultimately, the politicians have to bend to the pressure because now I want to talk about the the treatment plant that is in the process of being built in Victoria. Did you say it's going to cost around a billion? Uh, yeah, yeah. So the the I mean the 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 book cost is seven hundred and twenty three million, and then you got to think of uh, all the planning that went into it, and then you have to uh, it's got to be staffed for a period of time. So that's local publications have sort of crunched the numbers, and they say it's it's reasonable to expect this because it could become two billion dollars uh, within a few decades. So it's an interesting story, and I've I've covered this quite a few times in Victoria because it's a classic case of a pointless piece of government infrastructure that every single scientist who approached it said, you do not need to do this, uh, but it just proceeded. And this is a lot of money for a community like Victoria. I mean, this is looking, individual property tax owners are looking at bills in excess of thousands of dollars over several years. So completely pointless program that proceeded simply because of political pressure. So I think a lot of Albertans uh, will see a lot of parallels between that and what's happening right now with, with Kinder Morgan Trans Mountain. Uh, so, and, and that pressure has come from Washington State. Washington State saying you should treat your water. BC comes back with that and says it's not affecting the water whatsoever. Washington State doesn't care. Uh, there was a bunch of environmentalist groups in Victoria that were making up things about fish kills and how it was killing the ocean floor. No evidence for that. They didn't care. And then eventually it just became a political decision uh, from the BC provincial government saying, well, you have to build uh this, this sewage treatment plant we don't care if there's no evidence it's gross that you put poop in the water mm. um regardless of the fact that it actually wasn't hurting anything and back to the parallels here's the concern though because if we're fighting the pipeline we will hear pro-pipeline people say that there have been countless studies showing that we have the the process in place should there be a spill it is going to have a minimal impact all these other things and ultimately do you think it is going to be a political decision that regardless of all those studies um, Alberta is going to have to do more to be able to convince those opposed to the pipeline that it is safe. I think those, those fears are founded going into this. I think you're getting a sense from Albertans saying, well, it doesn't matter uh, what kind of information uh, we provide because it, it's probably not going to be enough. So yeah. I think there's pretty justified sense that, uh, you know, even if we met all of these rational concerns, it's just going to be an emotion-based argument. So that's why it's strange to see people in Alberta uh, sort of parroting these lines about uh, untreated sewage from Victoria when they're kind of coming from the same corners, the same person who said, well, Victoria's sewage is killing the ocean floor, are also the same people saying that, you know, a single bitumen tanker will murder all the whales, yeah. guaranteed. It's, it's, it's sort of a similar line of thinking to, uh, to come at it.
It's such hyperbole. You do have to tell me, though, at one point, didn't environment, uh, environmentalists have a crazy mascot? What, what, what was that thing? Uh, turdy or something like that? Floaty? Yes. It was, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was Mr. Floaty. So this is based on a South Park character, and the character was a, a human turd. So this <laughs> is a giant turd, and he would wander around uh, the center of downtown Victoria and then go up to people and say, well, the city is dumping pharmaceuticals and chemicals. And the, the, the mascot itself was flawed because, as I mentioned, uh, sewage is screened and sent far out to water. So there are no floaters, uh, per se, in, in the Pacific Ocean. So uh, I would say it was a flawed campaign not based on science, but probably got more done to get this thing built than almost anything else. Well, that's a problem. Sometimes nothing's based on science. It is all just the, uh, the pressure from the people. Uh, you know what, Tristan, thanks so much for doing all the research for us and setting it up. Anytime. Thank you. Tristan Hopper, he's a National Post reporter, 403-974-8255. There, he laid it out for you. This is not to say that we can't still be critical of BC and how it is trying to stop any bitumen from getting into the province. But this particular argument, I think we might have to put it to rest. Or should we? 403-974-8255. Let's get your reaction after this.